0: This is a trigger warning that the following podcast talks about eating disorders. If this affects you, please see the show notes for resources.
1: Hey, it's
2: Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365 day returns.
0: Hello and welcome back. Today's episode is going to be all about sleep. And I've been talking about this for a little while and how I was going to make an episode on this. So today's episode is inspiration for both you and for me, because I still have not quite gotten my sleep under a healthy cycle. So I've gathered a lot of information. So thank you to Central Coast Treatment and Healthline. And thank you to the National Heart, Lung and Blood Institution as well for providing this information and therefore giving me information to yap on about for the next 40 minutes or so and to get us all on track with a better sleep because sleep is super important, okay? So today we will be discussing quite a lot of things. So we've got what is sleep, physical characteristics of sleep, functions of sleep, benefits of sleep, how much sleep we actually need, how to tell if you're getting good sleep. We will also be talking about sleeping schedules, what happens if you don't get enough sleep, also about trouble sleeping, Sleep disorders, relationship between eating disorders and sleep, because yes, eating disorders do have a relationship with sleep, which is where this inspiration comes from. But also, I think we could all do with having more knowledge about how to sleep better and why it's good for us and also how to get into good sleeping cycles because sleep is essential. And of course, then we're going to talk about how to improve your sleep and also how to get back to sleep. You know, when sometimes you wake up and you're just like, ah, crap, I can't go back to sleep. Well, we will discuss a few different ways as to how to get you back to sleep if that happens. So come along this journey with me. Learn as to why we like what actually sleep is and why it is so important in our lives. Like, yes, sleeping feels good when you're sleeping. You know, it's good to relax and stuff, but there's more to it. There's a lot more to sleep than just closing your eyes and heading off to La La Land. So we'll be discussing all of that today and I feel like knowledge is power so the more you know about it, the more you'll be like, damn, yeah, sleep is good, maybe I should give it a crack and be better at sleeping. So follow along with me, I will share all the information and we will do this sleeping journey together. Tell me how it goes. And now before we get into today's episode, I want to say hello to the new listeners in Cyprus, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, 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 and I hope you enjoy your time here, and we eat without Lee here. Specifically, we eat without the disorder, so, hi! Also, I'm super proud of myself this week for making some really yummy meals. I've been chefing away, but actually, a bigger flex I would have to say is that I discovered, I believe from TikTok, I think it might have been Sloth Girl, I think! Anyways, love her, um, and she—if I'm correct—she's the one that did. The, I actually, anyways, you get you get what I'm saying. I'm not sure if it was her, but I think it was. Um, she had a burrito bowl, and you know what she did? She added corn chips. What the heck? So I don't know if this is like normal and you've done this before, but well, first of all, I actually swapped the um, the rice in the burrito bowl. To more shredded lettuce, because I don't really like rice with my burritos and stuff like that. And anyways, I like lettuce more, so I did what I had to do. And I had my burrito bowl, and then you just add corn chips, so you mix it around, and you know what it is? It's it's nachos, except it's not smaller, like less portions, because you know when you buy nachos, and it's always just like a little bit of toppings at the top, plus all the corn chips? Yeah, well, not with this one. If you get a burrito bowl, you're pretty much getting nachos if you just add corn chips on the side. But it, it's a, a more loaded version and it's delicious. So I had like the spicy ground beef mixed with cilantro. I added... Oh, why did I say cilantro? I, well, I'm not wrong. It is called cilantro. I, I feel like I've been saying that a lot recently. Maybe it's because I watch a lot of American food TikTok. But yes, I added cilantro slash coriander. I added onions. I added some sour cream, guacamole, and already in it was the lettuce, obviously, and like tomato. I believe that was all from memory. But if you want to check it out, go ahead to my at eating with Ali TikTok. I post all of my like food videos there and also what I like to get from takeaway. Because remember, balance is okay. You can have yummy foods that you still enjoy. It's more important to just focus on the portion control and not overeating. And then also doing things to keep you healthy and fit. So for me, that's going and exercising. I love exercising. And I'm also still doing Muay Thai and I am still can confirm I am no better than I was before. So I will keep going. I'm not going to give up. Honestly, I would have loved to see a bit of progress by now. But I'm not going to give up because sometimes some things are just not as... Easy to snap your fingers and be good at, right? And exactly, actually, you know what? Exactly. That's the same with recovery. You're not just going to snap your fingers and see results. It takes time and it takes effort and it takes consistency. And I'm trying to do that with Muay Thai. So, as shitty as I am at it, I'm still going back. Even even when I get a bit disheartened thinking, fucking hell, I'm just going to go back and, and be constructively criticized. <laughs> but yeah I will have it later today and I will keep my chin up and I will not give up and I will keep going back because I know this is something that I can get good at if I just keep and keep on trying and I will and I guarantee you I'm literally probably the worst that Muay Thai has ever seen or at least the worst in the class and that is okay that is okay I'm like okay maybe I'm getting into a Bit of a rant right now, just because it's needed, so thank you for listening, skip a bit ahead if you, <laughs> you don't give two shits, but like, listen, the point is, I am not very good at it, but I'm going to keep going back, and I'm going to keep trying, because I know I can get there as long as I keep putting in the effort, and I keep going back, and I'll get stronger as I go, by the way, physically and mentally, because I can't let constructive criticism bring me down thank you so yeah i'm not the best but like you know i'm getting my big cardio workout there done too so what else could you ask for i'm gonna get stronger physically and mentally so so step out of your comfort zone and keep and keep on trying you can do it <sighs> so thank you for joining me on my quick little rant i hope you enjoy and i hope it inspires you to never give up <laughs> sending love all right so what is sleep it is an active state of unconsciousness produced by the body where the brain is in a state of rest what a beautiful definition now some physical characteristics of sleep include reduced body movement and electrical activity in the brain closed eyes usually reduced breathing rates reduced responsiveness to external stimuli, like loud noises, and altered brain waves than those we have when we are awake. So we need sleep to restore our body's ability to rejuvenate itself. And it also takes care of the mind when we go to sleep. So while we sleep, there's actually a lot of hidden things that you might not have known that actually goes on. So like there are many processes that happen. This includes muscle and cell repairs, Tissue growth and the release of hormones for growth and emotion regulation. Isn't that so cool? We're just sleeping and dreaming about who knows what? And all of this is going on in the meantime. So getting enough sleep is generally critical for all of our like physical, emotional and mental health. But besides that, here are a few more benefits of sleeping. Sleep improves our ability to learn, memorize and make logical decisions. Sleep resets our emotional brain circuits and allows us to navigate our day with less anxiety. (laughs) Doesn't that sound incredible? Sleep also restores our immune system. Also, when we have quality sleep, it maintains a flourishing microbiome within the gut, and this is a key ingredient for our nutritional health. And sleep is tied to healthy blood pressure and cardiovascular health. Wow. So on the other hand, what happens if we don't get enough sleep? So sleep deficiency is actually linked to having chronic health problems. And this affects the heart, the kidneys, the blood, the brain and our mental health. With a lack of sleep, it actually increases our risk of injury for both adults and children. And an example is when you get into some sort of serious car accidents because you have driver drowsiness from being so tired. So sleep deprivation can cause mood changes, depression, anxiety, poor focus and concentration, poor memory, poor motor function, fatigue, weakened immune system, high blood pressure, weight gain, chronic diseases like diabetes and heart disease, and also insulin resistance. So sleep clearly matters. So it's important to also try to create a sleep schedule for us. This is because our body sets a biological clock and this is set according to the pattern of daylight where we live. So naturally it helps us get sleepy at night time and more alert during the day. Of course this then gets affected when people have say night shifts where they work at night time. Another example is when you are traveling to a different time zone. So although our body clock is naturally trying to make us sleepy at nighttime and more alert during the day, it doesn't always end up being that way. And I'm a prime example of that. So that's why we have to also do things to help us get a better sleep and be able to fall asleep earlier, especially if your body's been used to having a very different sleeping pattern. It's not easy to get out of, just like every bad habit. But we're here to change that. So I'm going to say roughly how much sleep people need depending on their age group. So newborns, so between the ages of zero to three months, their recommended amount of sleep is about 14 to 17 hours per day. Infants, which is four to 11 months, are recommended to sleep for about 12 to 15 hours a day. Toddlers, which are one to two years old, are recommended to sleep for about 11 to 14 hours a day. Preschoolers, which are ages from three to five, are recommended to sleep for about 10 to 13 hours a day. Gosh, I think I could honestly be a preschooler. I would love that amount of sleep every day. (laughs) School age people, so they're about six to 13, should get about nine to 11 hours per day. Teens, which are 14 to 17, should get about eight to 10 hours of sleep per day. Young adults, which are 18 to 25, should get about seven to nine hours per day. And same with adults, which is the age bracket from like 26 to 64, also seven to nine hours a day. And then older adults, which is 65 years and older, is seven to eight hours per day recommended. Where do you fall in that category? Are you sleeping your recommended amount? Do share. So maybe you're not hitting your recommended hourly sleep per day. Maybe you have trouble sleeping. There are many reasons as to why someone can struggle to fall asleep. Some include having stress or anxiety, certain health conditions like heartburn or asthma, having some pain, having medicines, having caffeine, usually from coffee, tea, and soda. (laughs) I don't know if you had my puppy in the background, but she never barks. And then every once in a while, she'll just bark at something completely random. So can you hear it? What's, What's going on? Skylar! Also, I called her Skylar because she's got a um, cute... She's got a cute white patch on her, like, chest area. And so she's the clouds in the sky. Aw, cute. (laughs) So cute. Skylar! Also, I knew this was going to happen because I jinxed it. I said this morning that Skylar has not barked this whole time and I've been super proud. (sighs) Look what I've done. Oh, and now she's scratching the door. I'll go get her, maybe she'll be happy. When she hangs with the best in, here's me yap on. Anyway, she's super cute, you'd love her. She's now lying on my nightgown. <laughs> she loves lying on top of our clothes. I think it's because she smells us and we smell good, clearly. Anyways, back to the episode. So, other reasons why you might have trouble sleeping is because you're having alcohol or some other drugs. And another reason could be because of an untreated sleeping disorder like sleep apnea or insomnia. So a few things that you can try to do if you're actually having trouble falling asleep, changing what you do throughout the day. So maybe you go and exercise at nighttime and we're gonna get into this a little bit more later on that you shouldn't exercise just before you go to sleep because it like wakes you up again and can confirm that is the case. So a suggestion could be to exercise in the morning rather at night if you're having trouble to sleep. I will mention this following tip later on as well, but also try to make your sleeping environment very comfortable. Now, it can be very useful to actually just use your bedroom as like a, a safe haven. So don't spend much time in your bedroom throughout the day and literally keep it as a room where you sleep only, like a designated sleep room. So you're like telling your mind that this room is strictly for sleeping. So when you go to bed, you're like, okay, Good night. And another thing you can try to do is set a bedtime routine. So go to bed at the same time every night. And you know, just the usual as well, don't go into your phone, maybe at least half an hour before you go to bed. Also try to put your phone onto night mode so it's less exposed to the blue light. Also, if you feel yourself always going onto say social media like TikTok, for example, all the time before bed, asking for a friend not referring to myself at all but yes something that I've started to do is I have like my TikTok and all of those applications that you go onto that just gets you super distracted in a folder on the very last page so it's just by itself without anything else so I'll use TikTok as the example as I already have when you have TikTok clearly inside like on your home page on your phone you're more likely to click on it because it's so in view. So now I've moved all of those distracting apps onto the last page. So now I'm barely clicking on it. And now I have to go out of my way to go and find it. And I found so much less of the time. It is actually very helpful. So I heard about that from a happy hour podcast. And also this tip as well, which is very interesting. And what it is, I should probably share, is that If you put your phone onto black and white mode, especially when you go onto social media, it makes you less intrigued. So when people are designing, like the the special designers that create all of the social media apps, they know what intrigues people and gets them interested and focused onto something. So we like colors, which is why, you know, like Instagram app, for example, it's very colorful even the logo. So it makes you more prone to click on it because it's caught your eye. So if you look through your social media on black and white mode, you become less interested and you'll probably go off it sooner than you would if it was in color mode. And this is because to the human eye, black and white mode is not as exciting. So you should definitely try that out. I think that's so interesting. Also keep in mind that it's normal to have trouble sleeping every once in a while. However, this is definitely not something that should be experienced very frequently. So a few signs that maybe you have a sleep disorder, of course, go and see a medical professional to of course diagnose you with a sleep disorder or maybe it could be something else and they can help you with that. But there are a few common signs of sleep disorders. So these include having trouble falling or staying asleep. Personally, I have trouble falling asleep, but once I'm asleep, it's night, night forever. never get up again. So I actually find it difficult to get back up as well. Anyways, another sign is still feeling tired after a good night's sleep. Another sign is feeling sleepy throughout the day and it makes it difficult to therefore do everyday activities like driving or concentrating at work or school. Another sign is snoring loudly frequently. Another sign is pauses when you're breathing or gasping during your sleep. Another sign is having tingling or crawling feelings in your legs or arms at night that feel better when you are moving or you massage that area. And another sign is feeling like it's hard to move when you first wake up. So a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing any of these symptoms, please go and see a medical professional so they can help you test or get treated for a sleep disorder. So now that we know a bit more about sleep, we're going to talk about the relationship between sleep and eating disorders. So many people that struggle with eating disorders don't get good quality sleep. And having a lack of sleep makes it harder for someone to recover from an eating disorder. Mentally, it's because when there's not enough sleep, you'll have a harder time learning how to regulate your emotions. You'll also struggle to think clearly and rationally and therefore make recovery-oriented decisions. Hormones that help control stress levels are released when you sleep. And therefore, sleep is very helpful because it will help get rid of some of that stress. Recovering from an eating disorder can be very stressful and releasing those hormones to help control the stress will be helpful. So that's why mentally we need sleep for eating disorder recovery. And so on the physical side, we need sleep to help with our recovery because did you know that a lack of good sleep has been proven to contribute to erratic eating patterns. And eating disorders also damage your body. And while you sleep, your body tries to repair itself. You know how I mentioned just before, all of the benefits to getting good sleep. And part of that was like repairing your immune system and stuff like that. Anyways, therefore, if you're not getting a good amount of sleep, your body is going to have a harder time repairing itself from the eating disorder. So there are a few things that cause the relationship between eating disorders and sleep. The first one are mental health disorders like depression and anxiety. There are a high amount of people that have anorexia or bulimia or binge eating disorder that also have a mood or anxiety disorder. And these particular mental health conditions often affect sleep and vice versa. Another reason why eating disorders are linked to poor sleep is because Certain food intake patterns and consumed nutrients may influence both daytime sleepiness and the quality of sleep. So with anorexia nervosa, the malnutrition in anorexia impacts the brain's functions. And this includes the production of chemicals and hormones that control your sleep and wakefulness. And also behaviors such as purging or excessive exercising may drive changes to sleeping habits. Or may obstruct the ability to sleep normally and sleep is also directly involved in the normal production of hormones that regulate appetite and hunger so therefore alternative eating behaviors and hormone levels may be thrown off if there is disturbed sleep and another reason why eating disorders relate to the quality of your sleep is because there are some medications that are prescribed to treat eating disorders and And mental health concerns that may affect the quality of your sleep and also for how long you're able to sleep for interesting hey so there is a lot of anxiety that is felt when you're struggling with an eating disorder so this can keep you up at night and therefore affect how long you sleep for and also the quality of your sleep which then can lead to even more stress because you're lacking on sleep and sleep is very important as we have discussed on top of that, specifically for someone that may be struggling with binging and purging, the focus is more on eating and all about food rather than getting good sleep. So for example, someone may decide to stay up and you know maybe they're feeling a bit anxious and they go and eat a lo- lot of food and then go vomit it out. So for example, someone may decide to stay up late at night because they may be feeling down, anxious, feeling guilty and they resort to go and binge and purge all this food. This can not only lead into more impulsive control concerns because, you know, you're eating too much and not able to control that. But it also leads to less sleep because you've stayed up to feel even shitter and binge and purge. And having a lack of sleep affects your mood. And therefore, it will increase poor behaviour habits and patterns. The less sleep that you have, the more likely you are to engage in eating disorder behaviours. So as I'm sure you were gathering, none of this is any good. Anyway, let's go over some ways to tell whether or not you were getting quality sleep. A good sign is that you were able to fall asleep within 30 minutes or less. Ah, oh, if only. Another sign that you were getting good sleep is that you were able to wake up for less than five minutes and only once per night. Yeah, no. I'm at the toilet about every hour or so. It is not ideal waking up constantly, needing to be... Anyways, another good sign is that you don't feel exhausted when you wake up in the morning. Another good sign is that you don't feel drowsy throughout the day. Is that you do not need caffeinated beverages to last you throughout the day. That makes you stay awake. Keep in mind that we all have those days where we might just not be as energized or up for the day. But if this is a recurring pattern, then... Something needs to be done about that. And in saying that, here are a bunch of different ways for you and, and me to improve our sleep.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started a lot can happen in the next three years
2: like a chatbot bot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times
0: Tip number one is to avoid having excessive naps throughout the day. 20 minutes for a nap is okay. However, if there are too many naps throughout the day, you end up being wide awake at night time. 20 minutes is a good amount of time because if you sleep any longer than that, your brain starts to go into the deep state of sleep and then it becomes hard to pull yourself out of it without feeling incredibly and awfully tired tip number two is what I talked about a bit earlier in the episode about saving your bedroom particularly for sleeping only and intimacy if you like doing it in the bedroom but always feel free to go wherever you want to anyways um but no nothing else don't do anything else in the room don't bring any of your work don't bring your electronics or even books into your bed and this is because your brain stops relating your bed to sleep and honestly, my idea was to start reading before bed, but it looks like I will be reading in the lounge room because I'm going to take this advice on because I am just as bad asleep as you possibly are too, so. But definitely I could say for sure that having the electronics and stuff like that is a big no-no. Not that I do that as of yet, but we're gonna we're gonna work on this together. It does say, however, that if you absolutely have to bring electronics into the bedroom, to make sure that you're putting the blue light filter on your phone. Or electronics so that you're not emitting the blue light late at night the next tip is if you are wide awake whilst laying in bed to get up and go and do something else soothing in another room this is because if you stay in bed whilst you're wide awake once again your brain says huh you're not trying to sleep well pretty much it just stops associating your bed with sleep we need to do something gentle for the mind so go read a book go meditate But get out of the fucking room. But don't do anything that's going to stimulate your brain. Okay? The next tip is to avoid caffeine and slash or nicotine for several hours before you go to bed. These stimulants will help keep you wide awake. Especially if you take them too close to bedtime. So don't do it! I hope no one ever gets jump scares from my little random "Ah!" moments. But I also hope you enjoy it because I am ranting... And expressing myself on behalf of the both of us. So I hope you hear it and you're like, you go, Ali. Let it out. Because thank you, yes, I will. And coming off avoiding caffeine and nicotine for several hours, the next tip is to avoid alcohol for four to six hours before bed. Although you can feel sleepy at first when you've consumed alcohol, your sleeping habits will be disrupted after the alcohol wears off. The next step is to effectively organize your bedroom environment. So these are factors that are going to help you have a good night's sleep. And it includes the temperature of your room, external lighting, noise and furniture arrangement as well. So an example would be like having loud traffic outside. So to help optimize your bedroom environment, try to get rid of that external noise and extra lighting. So keep it dim, keep it dim. And try to minimise, of course, the artificial lighting from your devices and even alarm clocks. So yes, body and bedroom temperature can affect your sleep quality. Imagine during the summer when everything's all hot and sticky. Uh, And yeah, have you noticed that it's very hard to fall asleep? I certainly have. But yes, it, it can actually be difficult to get a good night's sleep when it is too warm. So not only does the hot sticky air affect your sleep quality but it also increases your wakefulness so I'm about to say a recommended temperature for your bedroom and self to be when you're going to bed but once again it's a bit context dependent to find out what is a good temperature for you but this would be a great place to start see how it goes So yes, try to keep your room cool at nighttime and it is recommended to keep your room at a temperature of about 65 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit or 18 degrees to 20 degrees Celsius. Go give that a go. Your bedroom should be quiet, relaxing, clean and comfortable of course. The next step is to try to sleep and wake up at the same time. This I've been trying to do for a long time and it's not working so far. So I will definitely be trying all of these other tips to work on that. However, it is definitely a good habit to get into. Eventually, you'll be able to and, and me hopefully will be able to wake up at the same times and naturally too, without the stupid alarm clock that likes to go. I was going to play the noise, but I don't want to trigger anyone because alarms are horrible. So you're welcome in advance. Anyways, I won't play that. And so for that, you are welcome. But anyways, pretty much we're trying to set our body clock to align with sunrise and sunset. Keep in mind as well that as much as we love that weekend sleep in, it is suggested to still wake up at the same time on the weekends. But yes, for those that have irregular sleep patterns, there have been studies that shown that it alters levels of melatonin as well. And the melatonin signals to your brain that it's time to sleep. Alright, and the next tip is to increase your exposure to bright lights during the day. So our body has this natural timekeeping clock that is known as the circadian rhythm. And our circadian rhythm affects our body, brain and hormones. And it helps us stay awake and also tell our body when it's time to sleep. So when we have natural sunlight and exposure to bright lights during the day, it helps keep our circadian rhythm healthy. And therefore improves our daytime energy and also improves our sleep quantity and duration of that sleep at nighttime. And the next tip is to reduce blue light exposure in the evenings. So be out in the sun and bright lights during the day and at nighttime, reduce the blue light exposure. And blue light, of course, is very dominant in electronic devices like your phone or your computer. So here are a few ways that will help you reduce your blue light exposure. The first one is to wear glasses that block blue light. Go get some cool sunnies and make it fabulous. The next tip is to download apps onto your computers and your phones that help block the blue light. And the next one I'm sure is going to be a bit tricky, but two hours, two hours before you go to bed, stop watching TV and turn off any bright lights. We need to be rid of the blue light at nighttime because the blue light tricks our body into thinking it's daytime. The next tip is to exercise often, but not before bed. So exercise is actually a great way to not only improve our health, but also our sleep. However, the reason that it is suggested not to exercise too close to bedtime is because there's a stimulatory effect of exercise that increases your alertness and your hormones like adrenaline so therefore it can be hard to go to sleep after that although of course this is a bit more context dependent based on the individual like me personally i feel like i struggle to go to sleep if i've exercised very close to bedtime like i i do feel awake personally However, maybe this is something that you can experiment with. Obviously, it's sometimes easier said than done because maybe you work all throughout the day and you can only fit in your exercise very close to bedtime. Proud of you for looking after your health and making sure you get in some fitness and exercise for health reasons, okay? However, maybe that's something that you can try to experiment with. But personally, I have noticed for a while now that when I exercise too close to bed, I end up being wide awake. So I do agree with that, but it also does say that it's depending on the individual. So have a think about whether or not that implies to you. But of course, it is really great that you are trying to get an exercise for health reasons. The next tip is to not eat a big meal before bed. Eating late at night actually affects your sleeping quality and the natural release of HGH and melatonin. By the way, HGH is an abbreviation for human growth hormone. So pretty much consuming a large meal before bed can lead to poor sleep and hormone disruption as well. I can vouch for this, but once again, once again, context dependent. Whenever I eat too close to bed, like if I've made a late dinner and then I try to go to sleep, I just feel wide awake. The food's going to give you energy and therefore you're going to feel more awake. My next tip is to relax and clear your mind. Oh, and I wonder where I'm going to take this. We're going to do some relaxation techniques. I wonder what I will suggest. I'm sure you're on the edge of your seats, unsure what it is that I'm going to suggest. Well, now I've let the tension rise. It is meditation. (laughs) Wow, I'm sure you didn't guess that at all, did you? Meditate, meditate is great. If you can get it too, try to get a nice relaxing massage, that would be nice. Or if you don't have anyone to massage you, then get a massage stick. Or of course, take a hot bath, have a nice hot shower, do some deep breathings and to journal as well. Do things that will relax you and make you feel calm. But yes, relaxation techniques before bed have been shown to improve sleep quality. You're about to kill two birds with one stone. Not only are you going to improve your sleeping habits, but you're also going to help calm your anxiety and give yourself positive statements, grow that self love and defeat the eating disorder. And specifically with the bathtub or the shower, studies have also shown that taking a hot bath 90 minutes before you go to bed helps improve your sleep quality and to give yourself a deeper sleep. And if you're feeling lazy and stinky, there is also the option to put your feet in the hot water. This will also help you relax and improve your sleep. And the next tip is to not drink any liquids before you go to bed. So the medical term nocturia is the term for excessive urination during the night. And this affects my sleep, oh, I said my sleep quality because I was literally just saying this before, I'm going to the toilet all the time, it's so annoying. Nocturia affects sleep quality and daytime energy. So when you drink large amounts of liquids before you go to bed, this can lead to similar symptoms. Some people are more sensitive to these symptoms than others. I would definitely be one of those. (sighs) Enough of that tone. So yes, although hydration is very vital for our health, it is recommended not to drink any fluids one to two hours before going to bed. Hmm. Uh, challenging it's also recommended to go to the bathroom right before you go to bed as this may decrease the chances of you waking up during the night yeah I definitely drink way too much water before bed this will be a challenge I will keep you in the loop with how I go (laughs) great the next tip is try to make your bed your mattress and your pillows as comfortable as possible this is because it will affect your sleep quality and joint or back pain positively Of course, this can be a bit expensive as mattresses are very pricey. It is recommended to try to swap your mattress every five to eight years. However, I don't know many people that have actually done that, but whether or not this is something that you can afford financially, at least try to maybe get some comfy pillows. I feel like pillows make such a difference for my sleep as well. I get the memory foam one, so it it supports my neck and it feels good. Also, this is a bit of a curly hair tip, but actually I'm pretty sure it would work for any hair type. I use satin or silk pillows because it actually reduces the frizz that you'd get from regular pillows. So give that a try. Completely irrelevant to being comfortable, but I guess it actually feels nicer on your face anyway, so... Yep, just give that a go. Satin or silk pillows for less hair frizz. Alright, and the last tip for how to improve your sleep quality is to, of course, I already talked about it before very briefly, but just to remind you, because I've yapped on about a lot during this episode, to get your distractions out of sight. We all love a late night or any time of the day TikTok marathon. However, it is highly distracting, and you may say, Oh, I'm gonna be on for like five minutes. Two hours later, you're questioning what happened? Where did the time go? Well, I guess you have some nice, do you ever go from watching TikTok videos and literally going from laughing your ass off to crying in the next video? Interesting, hey, what TikTok, the, the power of TikTok can do to you. So what I want you to do right now, as you listen to this, or at least right after this, is do what I did, thanks to Happy Hour, and move all of your apps, the distracting ones, create a new page onto your phone, so that you've got your home screen and whatever the fuck else. And then on the very last page is your distracting apps. Because you, like, I, I can actually vouch for this. I do not go on it as much as I used to. Because it, rem- it actually reminds myself that I'm trying not to go on this app, which is why I've pushed it over there. So when I had it on my home screen or like TikTok and stuff, I would just instantly click it. It was like I was on autopilot every time I would click onto those apps. But now that I've moved it onto the last page of my home screen, I'm making effort. Yes, so much effort swiping the fingers a few times to get to the last home screen page, not the point. It reminds me during that time that there's a reason I have put these apps onto a separate page far, far away from home. So then I have a conscious decision to make. Do I go on this app or do I not? Am I going onto this app to procrastinate? Have I done what I need to do? Am I going to end up being on this for the next fucking 10 hours? Probably. So let's not go on it. So pretty much it has really helped me just make more conscious decisions about whether or not I should be going onto this app. And now it is so much better. So please grab your distracting apps, you know the ones, and put it onto the last page of your screen. And just see how capable you are to make conscious decisions in those few seconds that it would take you to get to that side of the screen and make the right decision for you. You can do it. All right, and now I am going to summarize all of those tips to help you improve your sleep. So get that piece of paper, get that pen, get your phone notes and write these down. Or of course, come back to this episode if you need a refresher in in in-depth detail. Anyways, tip number one is to avoid excessive naps. Tip number two is to save your bedroom for sleeping and intimacy.
2: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and
0: 365 day returns. Tip number three is if you are feeling wide awake to go do a gentle task. Tip number four is to avoid caffeine and nicotine several hours before you go to bed. Tip number five is to avoid alcohol for four to six hours before bed. Tip number six is to make your bedroom environment a nice and comfy setup. Tip number seven is to wake up and sleep at the same time every day, even the weekends. Tip number eight is to increase bright light exposure during the day. And tip number nine is to decrease blue light exposure in the evening. Tip number 10 is to avoid exercising too close to bedtime. Tip number 11 is to avoid eating too close to bedtime. Tip number 12 is to take part of relaxing habits before you go to bed, like meditation. Tip number 13 is to get a comfortable bed and pillow set up. Tip number 14 is to not drink liquids before bed. And tip number 15 is to keep your distracting apps out of sight. Get a grip and get rid of them, okay? And now in saying all of this, we've talked about how to try and improve your sleep, but I now have a few tips on how to get back to sleep if you've woken up in the middle of the night. So first of all, if you wake up from feeling anxious, you've, you've thought about something that is just making you feel a bit worried, write it down somewhere. Write it down on your phone notes or write it down on a piece of paper and postpone the thought. You've written it down, you're not going to forget it. And resolve it tomorrow. Think about it tomorrow. Whenever I had an anxious thought that came into my head, I I literally would write it down on my notes. And then I would come back to it in the morning. It's like it gave me a bit of self-reassurance that I'm not going to forget what's on my mind and I can relax a bit and just think about it later. And also on top of that, I'd probably think about it a bit more rationally in the morning once I'm less tired and have had a good sleep. So give that a go. The next tip is to never check the time. I feel like whenever I've checked the time, like, oh, it's been another 20 minutes. Oh, fuck. It just, and all I'm thinking about is when will I be going to sleep and how long will it be until I get to sleep? So then I just feel like I'm constantly checking. So don't do that. You can also try to do things that will help relax you. So of course, go meditate, go do some breathing exercises like box breathing or go read a bit of your book. Also you can try to think about your senses especially what you hear and what you smell and what you are touching. So you can say I can hear my breaths going in and out. I can hear my meditation music. I can hear my head moving against the pillow. I can hear a car horn beeping outside but hopefully that's not a sound that you actually hear because we're trying to block out the external noises. But Sometimes it's not actually that possible so if you can hear it Use that to bring you into the present moment. And yeah, just think about what you can smell as well. Maybe have a candle on. Maybe not the best idea because that can be possibly flammable in the middle of the night if you knock it over. But yeah, what do you smell? What do you smell? And then what do you feel? I feel the bed covers. I feel my hand cream that I've recently put on. I feel my nightgown. The fur of my nightgown. Lovely. Just get creative. Well get realistic actually. Just bring yourself into the present moment and think about what it is that you were feeling and smelling and hearing. And also if you're not able to get back to sleep after about 15 to 20 minutes, just get out of bed and take part of some sort of relaxing activity. You can also try to listen to some relaxing meditation music before you go to bed and also try to relax your muscles. So this is the technique to relax your muscles and perform a full body scan. So step one is to close your eyes and breathe slowly. Step number two is to focus on your face and think about relaxing each of the muscles. Step number three is to move your neck and shoulders and think about relaxing them. And step number four is to continue relaxing your muscles in different parts of your body until you make it to your feet. So go from head to toe if you can. Even try to get a sleeping mask where, I have this cool one where, I should probably use it myself, actually. The sleeping mask is an ice pack. So, I'll just put it in the fridge so it's cool. You can put that over your eyes and it always feels so relaxing. So, you know what, I'm going to do that. Thank you. And something else that you can try to help you get back to sleep and even to sleep is to practice the four seven eight technique. This technique helps force your mind and your body to focus on regulating the breath rather than focusing on all of your worries whilst you're trying to sleep. You can do this either lying down or sitting up. So firstly, let your lips part. Make a whooshing sound, exhaling completely through your mouth. So, that's probably just sounding like me blowing, but yep. Uh, The next part is to close your lips and inhale silently through your nose as you count to four in your head. So that's obviously the four in the four, seven, eight technique. The next step is to then for seven seconds, hold your breath. And then after that, make another whooshing exhale from your mouth for eight seconds. And by the way, that's just when you go the big breath in and big breath out and you go. That probably sounds a bit better. It's pretty much just like you've got your lips open a little bit and you just exhale. Anyways, this is a technique to use when you're actually trying to relax and it will help you go to sleep. Good luck and good luck to me as well. I will be trying this tonight. And that is it for today. I hope that this episode helps you not only hopefully get a better sleep, but also know that sleep is important for your recovery, but also just for your overall mental health and physical health and just your well-being. Get on sleep. Sleep is so important and you've probably heard me say so many times that I've been trying to get sleep on the way. But no, I have not done the research until now. So you know what? We're accountability partners for this. Let's do this. Keep me in the loop. Fill me in on the Facebook page and we will discuss our progress. But yes, I really hope that this episode helps inspire you to get better sleep, to prioritize it and to also just uh, put your distracting apps away from your sight. And you'll realize that you actually have an extra two hours in the day because you didn't spend those two hours scrolling on TikTok. To be honest, I do love TikTok. But you know, when it gets to two hours and you thought it's been 15 minutes, that's probably a little bit of a concern. So, so far it's working for me, removing the apps out of my immediate vision, which is the home screen on my phone. So yeah, give that a go. Let me know how it goes. I'm really excited. I hope that we all get some good sleep tonight and all the time in the future. I hope your recovery progress is going well. I'm sending you so much love and support. I know you can do it and I hope you are staying consistent and not beating yourself up if you ever have any setbacks. Remember, it is temporary setbacks. Temporary, okay? You got this. Keep on going. And with that, I will bid you adieu. Good night. Have a lovely sleep. I'll see you next week. And remember, what are we remembering? That is right.
1: Remember to eat with Allie.